Podcast this Monday evening. With me, as always, we have my co-host, Peter Ray Allison. Good evening, everyone. And our special guest tonight, Sue Hadrill. Hi. So, Sue, who are you? What do you do? What's your thing? Uh, my name's Sue. I am the organiser of Lawless Comic Con. It's a Bristol-based comic convention full of creators and artists. It's uh, primarily British comic themed, so we do a lot of 2000 AD and Judge Dredd, but we've also in the last few years expanded out into uh, things like Commando, Battle Action, The Beano and Classic Comics and everything, anything and everything we can get our hands on. So um, yeah, it's uh, end of May, every, usually May bank holiday every year. So uh, uh, this year we're holding it, uh, yeah, 27th and 28th of May at Bristol Doubletree by Hilton in Bristol. Oh, brilliant. So how long have you, I, I, apologies for my ignorance. Um, so how long have you been going, going for? Uh, so it's been going since about 2014. There's been a couple of gaps for bits and pieces, including COVID. So I think we this is our seventh show, technically. Um, but uh, yeah, we've been going since 2014. It's always been very successful. The uh, the 2019 show was uh, a tribute to Carlos Esguero, which was awesome. We had a beautiful display there uh, in tribute to him. And we had some amazing artists and guests there. And then we took a break, obviously, because of COVID for a couple of years. And we came back last year, 2022, with our first weekender. So we were always a one-day show. And it's been so successful. We expanded because everyone was staying anyway. We were like, yeah, let's roll it over for another day, shall we? Amazing. So uh, yeah, last year was our first weekender. We're doing it all again this year. Isn't. Oh yeah. I mean, how did this come about? I mean, like, um, like it was like ten years ago, wasn't it, when it first started? So we talk about twenty thirteen. Twenty fourteen, I think it was up in Birmingham, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that um, was the first one. Yeah. Yeah, it came about primarily because we were organising sort of varying bits and pieces for different sort of, it was when conventions had got very big and kind of um, there was lots of gatherings and get togethers in terms of cosplay was becoming quite popular and gaming days and bits and pieces were becoming very popular. And uh, yeah, we, we were doing a few gaming days and meetups and bit of geek meets and things like that, which were very successful. Uh, and I happen to know, or we, we happen to know a whole bunch of guys who dressed up as judges from Judge Dredd. And the 2012 Judge Dredd had just been really, really popular and come out. Um, so they essentially were just like, we want a Dread Con. So I went, all right, I can do that. Oh, what's, um, the, what's so the guy we... called? I know I know a Judge Dredd cosplayer from up north. Oh, uh, yeah. What's his name? There's oh, one or two about. Oh, God, I can't remember his name now. Okay, carry on. I'm going to have to <laughs> Finally. That's all right. Yeah. So we we our first show is in Birmingham because I happened to know a guy who ran a venue in Birmingham. Um and all the judges came along and we got about six or seven cart creators, including John Wagner, who was the obviously the original creator, and David Roach and Pete Doherty and a few others. Uh, it was really successful. It was only a small show. There was only about 60 people there. Um, we put some food on. We put some bowler on. We did some panels and signings. And, and it was, yeah, it was a really lovely get-together day for, for a small convention for a first-timer. Um, and it was that successful. We did it again the next year. But we couldn't do it in Birmingham because the place we held it at closed down. Um, so sort of through varying contacts in the convention sort of show run industry i knew um we got an offer to run it down in bristol at the double tree by hilton for we uh for they've got several different sort of conference rooms that we can use and it's been there ever since they're a really really good bunch down there so we've been holding it there every every year ever since and it's just got bigger and bigger and better john burdis that's the fella Burdis, everybody knows Burdis. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. I forgot his name, but yeah, yeah, because I've, you know, he was one, one of the first cosplayers I think I met, and and it would have been about 2013-ish, uh, maybe mm -hmm. down in London. It was uh, Mr. Burdis, and uh, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, he's been doing it a while now. Yeah, and was there be a Judge Lemmy and a Judge Court there as well, Matt? Yeah, 
yeah, Court and Lemmy were there. Yeah, all yeah. The, the old crowd and everything. Yeah, um, Al was there. Um, we had Stephen Sterlachini, so we had a whole bunch of actual costuming from the 2012 Dread film oh, there. Nice. Yeah. And we were posted, they'd done a fan film called Judge Minty, so we had the actor from Judge Minty there um, at the first show. And yeah, you could dress up as, you know, you could wear some of the uniform and stuff like that. And yeah, we did the show of Judge Minty at the end of the day. God, it's going back a while. I'm trying to think what we actually did. <laughs> you did, yes. I mean, yeah, I was there. I was there for that first one as one of the uh, panel hosts. And I think it was like, it was interviewed like you know, John Wagner, mm-hmm. and that was a very petrifying experience for me. Because well, I mean, for me, I'll be honest, I've <laughs> never met the guy. Well, I've never met him. Before, but this, this guy who I kind of I've been reading the Judge Ed comics since eighties. Yeah. So like, you know, how you are? I get interviewed on stage, like going slightly brown trousers this time, but yeah, he was a lovely guy, really, really. Yeah. Good. He comes across as very kind of gruff and. He comes to the show every year without fail. It's he 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 says it's his favourite show. Oh um, wow! And I'd like to take that as you know he doesn't say that to everybody, so I'm I'm taking that as a win. But yeah, he absolutely loves it and he promotes it for us, and um, I love him to pieces. He's he's just great to have around, and he's great to see him every year. And he's doing some really good work at the moment. He's done Rock of the Red since he's just gotten to Battle Action. So seeing what new stuff he's going on to and what new creators he's bringing into the fold as well is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, also like you've kind of expanded out from just being a dreadcon. To being yes. like you know a British comics con, but I mean, and it's very different to other comic cons, which is more kind of manga or superhero. It's purely focused on you no know, British comics. Yeah, I, I we still have a very strong 2000 AD Judge Dread audience, and that's our kind of core audience that we want to we want to help, and we want to you know yeah. we're, we're there for essentially. But obviously, yeah, there's there's a lot of comic conventions out in this day and age. A lot of them are big merchandise cons, pop culture cons, which is yeah. fine. They're really good fun. I've not you know absolutely nothing against them. They're really good fun. I love cosplaying at them, and I love meeting up friends with them. So they're really really great. And again, a lot of them are big celebrity cons. They're there to go and get your photos with you know your favorite celebrity at the show that you're watching, kind of thing. And they're brilliant but this is yeah this was the I wanted to make it more about the artists and the writers and the the people that have been reading like you just said reading the comics for the last 30 years since their childhood it's great for them to meet their heroes on a real kind of close-knit face-to-face basis is awesome that the fact that uh, yeah it's a really close little little close-knit little community and there's only about 300 people come to the show each year because it's quite a small venue and it works for that it it really does because you get that kind of face-to-face time sitting and having a pint with someone who's an absolute legend it reminds me in some ways of edge lit in derby like science fiction and fantasy uh, book vessel where it's there to celebrate the authors and creators yeah yeah definitely and like so. There's definitely a focus, I think, on on celebrating the people that put the work in behind the scenes to the things that we're reading, the things that we're consuming and stuff like that. And yeah, much as we like all buying all the shiny toys and everything like that, having a sketch of something very specific or even just shaking a hand and saying hi, how to meet you is, is a really big deal for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. Cause, I mean, I like, just being able to meet uh, John Wagner, like he's obviously some of my favourite comics, like, you know, Judge Jed comics are you know, modern classics and for a reason. And actually just meet him in person and not be terrified at the end. <laughs> so, yeah, it really is a fantastic, you know, I, I say little, but more close, a close-knit con. Yeah. But that's still welcoming to, you know, new people, outsiders. 
absolutely yeah no it's very very friendly and and everyone's welcome to it yeah it's it's we it's very word of mouth so it's quite hard to advertise for it so it's because again it's not a giant big convention so um yeah it's very very word of mouth but everyone who comes to the con comes again the following year kind of thing it's always very if, if they can't it's because you know, not because they don't want to it's just you know commitments and other things like that but everyone who everyone who's a new person who comes to the con meets someone and comes again the, you know wants to come the next year and, and it's great for making friends and just making yeah meeting like-minded people yeah because i mean um the only reason i did not make it to any of the other um events after the first one is because it moved to bristol and it was just too far for me oh, like, right. yeah family and everything it's just like god damn it sounds like yeah. an excuse I mean, to me are... pete sounds like an excuse <laughs> you're expecting me to drive five hours to um you know, sci-fi weekender and yeah. there are definitely other conventions out there that are similar so you've got obviously thought bubbles further up north and that's one i can never make it to because it's just a i've never made it to thought bubble either to be honest it's I mean, just one of the things it's, yeah things just keep clashing with it yeah um what's the other one uh Enniskillen is another one that's very similar to us actually it's kind of our twin over in Ireland um and uh, yeah again it's very very similar in the fact it's a small convention small group of guests and and a small group of um, people who come along to the show but it's a really close-knit community so yeah it's kind of our Irish twin I like (laughs) I have never been to an Irish convention (laughs) I've been no I've never been to one one day I I have one day (laughs) yeah never been being Irish and never have been to an Irish convention but yeah there you go What's your excuse? Or what's your excuse, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> I highly recommend Enniskillen. It's meant to be absolutely lovely. Yeah. Um, you started out purely on focusing on Judge Dredd and yeah. 2000. Why did you expand it out to kind of British comics? What was the thought? Um, Rebellion were getting a little bit, so Rebellion opened only IP, obviously, to Dread in 2000 AD. They were getting a little bit twitchy about us running a Dread con, essentially. Um, that's yeah. they're meant to be their deal. If they're going to do it, then they're going to do it. They haven't done it. But yeah, they were getting a little bit twitchy about it, essentially, and, and about us using the um, Judge Dread helmet on advertising and imagery and stuff like that. And yeah, they were just getting a bit twitchy about it. Um, and I... And the show was becoming so successful as well. So I didn't want to, I don't want to give any reason for them to say, you shouldn't be doing this cease and desist kind of thing. So I was like, well, screw it. We'll just expand it to, there isn't a British comics convention out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, like you said earlier, that a lot of conventions are very, very superhero kind of, or pop culture related. So we do focus very much on that old school kind of, and, and it's definitely a target kind of audience in that respect, but also it does bring in a new audience to it. So there is like the commandos and the battle actions yeah. and there's all obviously the Beano and there's loads of new comics. There's, you know, small press and small indie stuff. that's become anthology comics like 77 and shift are also coming into WH Smith and the Forte in come to the fore. And we want to promote that as well. That's something that we want to tap into and say, you know, there is British comics out there that's not just 2000 AD. How can we promote those and, and show off those as well and, and be aware of their history? Yeah, because I mean, like, um, the Adventure of Arkwright was one of the very first graphic novels in the UK by Brian yeah. Talbot. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if you ever get Brian Talbot, then <laughs> screw it, just as I'm going to be there. I'd love to. He's a lovely guy. If you go he's just definitely been on the list. I don't, I think... I don't think I've been able to cut all of these nonsense messages, but he's definitely been on the list for a while. But uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, but if you get a chance, he's a fantastic. The, the guy awesome. is a literal legend. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's in... the other thing. Is 
we are very limited on space. We literally have 30 guest spots. So yeah. it's like I have a list of like 300 potential creators that I can wow. send emails out to that just gathered over the years that people are like, oh, you should invite so-and-so and you should invite so-and-so. So it's great having all these potential ideas, but I literally have 30 slots to fill. And once they're gone, unless people it's... drop out and stuff like that. So it's very hard to you've got to get because obviously you want the old crowd coming in because they're the regulars that love the show and want to come every year to see each other but also we want to get new faces in kind of new artists that that's you know, up and coming artists or you know the new artists in 2080 and stuff like that so we want to get those on board and then yeah we want to get new legends in that haven't come to the show so brian bolland last year was a major oh, coup. yeah um, to have him along was was astounding um and so, and having um, Dave Givens this year, he's a newcomer. He's not been to the show before. So it's great to have him as a kind of a top lister, but new to the show as well this year. But yeah, 30 slots is quite a narrow window. Yeah, I mean, how do you narrow it down? I mean, you, you say you're balancing like the, the old guard, the kind of regulars, with this kind of new cycling of you know newcomers, of yeah. legends and upcoming. How do you balance all that out without with difficulty yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um there's there's no particular logic to it uh, some of it's um some of it's I know two or three you know four or five guests are a given we know they're going to be there others are once you know love to haves others are new guys and it's whoever answers the email whoever comes back to me whoever says yes first okay you're down let's get you in kind of thing so there's a level of prioritizing that has to go there okay who do I really want now who okay you guys haven't replied who should I go to next and yeah, and I'm winging it a little bit. <laughs> Have you ever had the instance where someone's not replied that you were hoping for? Then because they've never replied, so I just thought, I'll just fill it with that, fill that their stop with someone else. And then they suddenly reply and said, yeah, I'll do it. And you're left with the, God damn it. <laughs> no, not so far. We'd, we've done all right, right so far. If, if something crops up, we can usually, yeah, blag something and wing it and fit them in <laughs> <laughs> if Brian decides he wants to come back to the show, I'm not really going to turn him away. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, what's it like? He said it went from like one day to two days. Yeah. How did that kind of evolve, so to speak? I mean, and how I easy was it? How was Labelle the... fully for this? I'd just like to say this live online now. It's Labelle's fault. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, he he'd mentioned it a while back that we should do a two dayer, and a couple of others had sort of mentioned it, uh, mentioned it as well. But primarily, it was literally because everyone was stopping over anyway. It was such a successful show; it didn't, you know, add too much to the budget to roll it over another day. It was just paying for the rooms for a second, you know, for a night and for a second day at the, the hotel. So we could; it was doable financially. So it was like, yeah, screw it, let's do it. You know, everyone likes it. See how it rolls. Kind yeah. Of thing. What's your nice. what's your capacity? Uh, it's about three hundred max four hundred. I think if, four, if we get to four hundred, it'll be it'll be heaving. It'll be proper yeah. crowded. Three to three fifty is a good number because you get that kind of feeling where you're mingling and there's lots of crowds and people, but you're not overrun and you're not yeah. fused out the door kind of thing. Um, it has, in all fairness, been a little bit quieter this year. I know there's major issues with people finding accommodation this year because there's lots going on that weekend in Bristol for that bank holiday. So the cost of accommodation has gone through the roof. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely might be a quieter show this year, which isn't a bad thing. And um, We can still run the show and everything, but it just means more opportunity for everybody to get chatting to everybody, really. Do you have like a cutoff as in the um, numbers, the minimum numbers to be, you no? Know, so you basically don't bankrupt yourself, essentially. Yeah, so we have to break even, essentially, to be able to run yeah. the show. But we've the, the good news, that's why we've been 
it's, it's a good show. We broke we broke even on the first show. Like oh, wow. every single year, yeah, every single year. That's why we and all every single year the the funds went into running the next show. So it, yeah, that's what happens. Is yeah, if we can't break even, then we can't run the show. But so far, it's not happened. So we've been all right. Because yeah, I know I've known several cons which shall remain nameless, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was well, well, basically not making the numbers and getting deeper and deeper into the red where it just fell down went boom unfortunately and the fact that from the outset you just kind of structured it I'm so a little you... bit of a control freak I'll be honest I like a lot of spreadsheets and a lot of lists all about <laughs> spreadsheets all about spreadsheets <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean when I said I would go and become a freelancer my wife and I sat down with an excel spreadsheet and did the numbers and because you've got to you have yeah. to. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, what was your kind of um, interactions like with Rebellion? You said, like, at the end, they were kind of getting a bit twitchy, but with like the whole IP issue. But what was it like at first, and how did it kind of change over time? Few and far between, to be honest. Um, okay. Yeah, they were very much, yeah, do whatever you want, run with it kind of thing. And then I'd get a cease and desist out of the blue because somebody did oh. something wrong on the online somewhere or posted up some kind of. Uh, copyrighted photo or image that wasn't allowed to be used and I'd get a, an email out of the blue saying you shouldn't be doing this and I'd go oh sorry okay then I won't do that or I'll get them to take it down or yeah so um, they were fine initially because we were using all the guys in dread costumes for our advertising so that was okay to do we couldn't specifically use dread created art from artists to promote there's lots of kind of very fine lined gray area rules of why I'm not allowed to do things and use imagery and for specific things. But the whole, yeah, the upshot is I'm not allowed to use dread to promote my show whatsoever, essentially. Um, that's their job to do. The um, early, sorry. Cool. No, I was going to say in the early days of geek pride, we got a, a cease and desist from square Enix for using the uh, space invader. <laughs> so we had to change, <laughs> change that very quickly. Yeah, no, they weren't really interested in being involved with the show full stop. Um, we didn't run the show in 2016 because it was the 40th anniversary of uh, 2000, uh, 2000 AD. So they had a massive show in London in about March that year, I think. Yeah. And it was really, really successful by all accounts. They had all the big names there. Um, they had, you know, it was it was a really, really good show. Um, but as from that, they basically said to me, do you mind not running the show? Because we don't, you know, you're going to nick all our guests, essentially. Um, so I was like, fine, yeah, you know, not a problem at all not to run it. So we didn't run it in 16 and we went back again in 17. And I think in about 18, I was just like, actually, let's not call it Lawgiver because it was Lawgiver initially. Um, let's just change the name of it. And I, I chose Lawless purely because it it sort of sounds a bit like Lawgiver and then and it has that kind of rebellious kind of feel yeah, to it. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and then everyone was like, there's a comic called Lawless. And I was like, oh. I didn't know that because I'm not the be all and end all of comics, but yeah. <laughs> there's also a solicitor's called Lawless, and there's yes, half there is, there is a solicitor called well, Lawless. So <laughs> never mind, I'm sure we'll cope. <laughs> well, we get yeah. we get it every year, right? So Geek Pride, um, we get we get this nearly nearly every year. So in Manchester, uh, in in Pride Week in Manchester, um, there is yeah. a group up here called Geek Pride who have been going for a oh. long time, but not as long as us. Like we've been going for <laughs> since 2012. <laughs> Well, I think they were slightly after us, but they are sort of yeah. obviously uh, geeks who are gay in, in Gay Pride. So we always get messages from people going, oh, we saw you guys in Pride weekend. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, as much as we're totally for that, that's not us. It wasn't, it wasn't us. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like we we are prideful about geeks and in all their colors, shapes, and forms. And, but yeah, yeah we, we, weren't parade, we weren't parading around Manchester. That's a different kind of pride. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's yeah, it's um at one point one point we got referred to as Greek pride. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, okay. you could still be proud of being. Yeah, it's, it's easy to. Uh, yeah. What are you? You're proud to be Greek. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very good food. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about the message. So, yeah. Yeah, so that was a weird one. But yeah, I know what you mean about the whole naming conventions because it's so easy to set up like you know, an event now. No, well, not so much an event, but kind of an organization, a name on the internet. Mm-hmm. And like essentially bookmark it, that pretty much every name's going to be yeah. used. You have to, there's definitely an element of brand branding in there, um, which is why I sort of went down the British comics route because there's nothing in the UK kind of focusing on that specific area. Yeah, yeah, um, And because it is a small convention, it gives me the opportunity to invite, you know, a wide range of people, but over a small kind of contingent area every year. So there's plenty of scope for anything that we want to do with it. Um, and that's how we got into doing the kind of exhibits and stuff, because obviously we had the Carlos exhibits, which was a big display of all his artwork in 2019. And this year we're doing the last year we did um, Graham Bleathman bought in his um, he does cutouts from Thunderbirds and stuff like that. He's very famous oh, wow. for doing all the big arts from Thunderbirds and all the old British TV programs. And that was really, really popular last year. So now we have we dedicate a room now to doing some kind of exhibit. It's what I like to do. So this year we've got the Steve Dillon exhibit, which is going to be awesome. Ooh um yeah yeah so doing all the uh, that's been exhibiting in london uh for the last year or so it's i think it's done a couple of conventions um but yeah i got chatting to tanya who's one of the members of the family there i was like do you want to come to lawless and she's like yes you've been on my list to contact and speak to so <laughs> yeah it's gonna be really good i'm hoping that we'll see some of the family there and uh yeah have some a few faces show up which would be lovely is there i mean how would you kind of typify the difference between british commerce and kind of almost I hesitate to say the word, but mainstream US comics. I have comics. no idea. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, it's kind of what I, I do. There is definitely an element of winging it a little bit. It's kind of whatever feels, um, whatever kind of fits our little show. And I, yeah. I do sort of say our little show. So so if you look at Sandman and Neil Gaiman, technically it's Neil Gaiman's British and it's a British comic. But A, I'm never going to get Neil Gaiman to my show. B, if he did come, the queues would be like half a mile down the road. I can't fit that many people at my show. It's just, it doesn't make sense to. So there's definitely a, an element of, of being a bit choosy. And also I think tapping into that kind of... Uh, that historic genre of growing up in the 70s and 80s and those those kind of comics that that our audience grew up with and tapping into that and, and bringing that to the fore a little bit more which is yeah what people seem to really enjoy i just one thing i i've never really grasped and i i you know it's no disrespect to anybody who does this and stuff but you know people who will queue for hours and hours and hours to get a photograph for somebody for like a couple of you know they pay exorbitant amounts of money for a very minor sort of kind of interaction with uh, a celebrity and it's like i just i i couldn't do especially like you, you got the bigger conventions down in london and stuff and even the ones sort of in america and you're spending so long in these queues to yeah. sort of you know and i i just it's just me queuing in general. I just hate. So I really hate. I've, I've been there and I've done it and I've done it and I'm good now. Thanks. Yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. It's I've, just like yeah. When yeah. it was when it was a novelty, I think back. You know, when you're looking at 2008, 2009, it was a real novelty. To I remember meeting like the Aliens cast and stuff like that and the Serenity cast and wow. things and and that was a massive novelty just to be able to be next to that person and 
yeah, I'm good. I've done that now. Thanks yeah. very much. But it's just the amount of money some people would pay towards these yeah, things and stuff. Yeah, it's like it's insane. That's why I kind of it is a silly it, amount. Yeah. In certain ways, I kind of prefer the smaller ones and stuff because it's a bit more. It's intimate. like a, um, isn't Harrison Ford going to Star Wars Celebration next next weekend? And that's going to be mental. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard yeah. rumors that he was going to be there. Yeah, and I, I, it's just going to be yeah. I. And I've already seen people like, complaining about how much it is, but you know that's 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 what it is. They they because people will yeah. do it, they can you know they go fine. You know, so many people want to do this. You know, let's hike the prices mm-hmm. up and stuff. And it's just uh, yeah, it it does nothing for me. Um, you know, I I I've got a few signatures from people. You know, like there wasn't a massive queue, or you know, people I uh, I don't think I've ever queued, or I've sort of been doing interviews and they've signed something for me afterwards or whatever and stuff as unprofessional professional size. But, we do get queues at, at Lawless. We don't. I mean, people queuing out the door for Brian Bolland last year. But yeah. I think the difference is the queues go down. Oh, like yeah, you, you they move and and it's you know you're you're only there max. I mean, I think they were there maximum an hour, two hours kind of thing. And the guy's a machine. I'd love him to pieces because he was just signing like uh, I don't know how he was doing it. Um, but again, there's that element. Of, I'm, I'm looking after the guests as I am the fans as well. So. I need to give the guy a break and go and have a have a cup of tea and, and some lunch for God's sakes and step away from the desk. And the the crowds are quite happy to to hang about and wait or go and find something else to sign or watch a panel or something instead. So that's quite nice because there's that had that element of a small venue. So mm. it's not a massive huge expo where you're gonna you're never gonna find the place and you're gonna lose your space in the crowd kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, because I mean, I think, to be honest, I'd say I'd probably uh, had as much fun at the Mandalorian Forge than I would have had at the Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. Because the Mandalorian Forge was basically like a walk-in live-action Star Wars Mandalorian experience. We walked in, had had a glass of blue milk, wielded the lightsaber, grabbed some Beskar and listened to Blue's Harvest, playing the Mandalorian theme pretty much non-stop. And I was in the element <laughs> before they had to kick me out. And that was like a walk-in event. Now, but something like Star Wars Celebration, which is just going to be huge. Yeah. Massive on every on every dimension. Yeah. And I'd, I'd still like to go, but I'm pretty confident I'd probably, you know, on balance have enjoyed it's a different atmosphere i think we yeah. went a few years back when i think it was just after rogue one came out because they held all the rogue one costuming and stuff like that so it's a completely different atmosphere you're there still to see all your mates and all the costumes and everything um yeah it's just it it definitely has a, a different feel to it um but again it, it's it feels like if you're there if you get to see the panels it's awesome if you get to see what they're talking about and stuff like that if you can get tickets to if. it um yeah exactly and there's that if as well um but also it still also has that giant merchandising thing so you're just walking around a gigantic shopping mall spending that I know, that, that is the one thing that really <laughs> sort of i you know i don't I've been to a lot of conventions, and even I went to San Diego Comic Con, and it is literally, like you said, it, I I had more fun outside of the event. Um, not to say inside wasn't great and stuff, but it, it's just like a massive shopping mall inside. Yeah, Barcon these... is def- Barcon is definitely a thing at law. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I get more the stories I get of of the day, the night before when I get up because I don't get to you know because um, I'm running it, I, I tend to have an early night. I'm done for by about Saturday night. So, uh, yeah, the stories I get to hear on the Sunday morning are fabulous. Yeah, it's, it's, I, yeah, I've heard about the Dread Screening Drinking Club. Oh, yes. They're a good bunch. <laughs> yes. 
The stories I have heard about that is unsuitable for broadcasting. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> just said. Well, you want to hear the stories about the barge on the Friday night before Lawless. Oh. I think they all got booted from that at one point for varying underwear shenanigans. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> They're but all that's... at the Novotel this year, so there's a whole bunch of them. There's about about 50 of them that are, are hardcore that have been coming since day one and they're absolutely amazing lot and they've all taken over the Novotel this year. God help the Novotel because they have no idea what they're in for. See, that's what it's all about. That's what for me. There's some definite, literally the chat is the dirty weekend chat. It's like, oh my God, I don't need to well, that's, that's it. Just like, run the show. For, for conventions for me, um, the only sort of convention I think I enjoy for convention's sake is uh, UK Games Expo because I'm I'm into gaming because it's it's not cool. just it's I've been to that in a while yeah I love it like it's just like it, it's not only because there's lots of cool stuff you know and I like pretty things but it's just sort of like there's a lot it's just seeing all the new games coming through and like people like going down and and playing them so it seems a bit more interactive than your average sort of like oh here's I more here's more pop figures. I went to that when it was just a tiny little show in the Hilton, like just on the outskirts of Birmingham. I remember that was like one of the, it was like the third one they'd run. It's huge now. I can't get over how massive it is. Yeah, yeah. It's It's three halls of the NEC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's massive. And I love it. It's like one of my favorite conventions. And, um, and it, but the thing is, and I go to the other ones. So I used to go, I, I haven't been to many conventions in a while. Um, but, like going to San Diego or going to uh, MCM in London and stuff, or even Birmingham. Um, there were it was more to do with the the sort of the drinking and having fun with your friends and people watching and and stuff like that. And the convention yeah. was sort the of like a sec- yeah, good. the cosplay. Uh, there was, was a secondary. Everything else was just sort of a secondary because once you've kind of been into one of these places, um, you kind of have seen them all because they're very. Yeah they're very similar like there's pop figures everywhere and there's just sort of like you know it's the same old same old and stuff and it's the it's the interaction with people and the, yeah. sort of the stories and all that stuff for me that sort of kind of gets me which that's the bigger ones so i'm the smaller ones i have been to i've actually enjoyed more as a convention because they're a lot more intimate mm-hmm. and i've enjoyed Definitely. them a lot more yeah yeah i mean that reminds me about i think this is where we met at sci-fi weekend about 10 years ago all roads yeah. lead to sci-fi weekend. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's what we, we do. Like, through Kim and... Um, no, all roads to everyone leads to everyone winning tickets to the sci-fi weekend. <laughs> that's fair, yeah. Everyone won tickets to the weekend and no one ever purchased them. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly true. Because literally, um, a friend of mine won tickets, won six tickets to sci-fi weekend uh, and asked, Pete, do you want to come along to this? And we'll split a caravan between us. I went, yeah, okay. And we did yeah. and we won and I've been going there ever since and... Yeah, it's it's an absolute laugh. And again, like as Matt was saying, it's you no, know, it's barcon basically. There's talks and there's panels, but then there's a lot of drinking and partying and having fun and some great and some yeah. great bands. So like yeah, and really kind of you kind of you know, taking that ethos to heart when creating Lawless by cre- yeah. keeping like the focus on the atmosphere and the people Absolutely. and. It's all about yeah. the community and it's all about getting everyone together again and, and getting new people into that community and saying it's you know come and hang out and come and have a laugh yeah i mean you, you talked about like um like word of mouth i mean do you ever do any kind of paid advertising or like sh- like social media stuff so 
I, I work full time nine to five and I do quite a lot of other things in my spare time. So literally the, the six months organizing lawless, I'm fitting it in everything else I do. So Twitter and Facebook is about, about as much social media as my brain can cope with. And I'm <laughs> I'm old school, so I've not really extended as far as Instagram and TikTok or anything like that at all because I just can't cope. Um, so, yeah, Twitter and Facebook are the primary ones. We have a Facebook group that's really, really popular. Um, and it's a good chat. Uh, and then Twitter is really good for just spreading the word and, and getting retweets and just getting other people involved. And also staying in touch with artists as well. Both of those um, sort of areas are, are good for staying. In Most of them are on via one, one or the other via messenger to get hold of, which is quite good. Um, in terms of paid advertising, I to, this year is the first time I've paid for advertising. I paid for advertising in Shift magazine and in the 77 for full page adverts this, oh, this year. Oh, yeah. Um, so, 77 magazine is that sort of unofficial Judge Dread 2018 magazine, but it's patently not Judge Dread, if that makes any sense. Kind of. It's, it's, an, it's an anthology comic that's kind of a. Uh, homage to the comics that they grew up with yeah. so it's all original stories it's all original continuations of stories so each each one that comes out is a ch- is a continuing chapter of the previous sort of run um there's obviously yeah continuing characters and stuff that roll over but it's their homage to the comics that they grew up with essentially so um they produce all yeah they've got all their own creators all their own writers producing work and they've got a few spin-offs like this comic is haunted is the horror version of that and blazer i think is another sort of spin-off of it as well so public in terms of a publication arm they've they've spread quite wide which is quite yeah. good um so yeah we got an advert in with them and shift is another one and again it's an anthology comic that's got that's got quite big um i don't know as much about them i know more about the 77 because they're our sponsors so i know the guys that kind of kind of run that um but shift i know have definitely been very popular in, in wh smith and stuff like that they've got quite a wide uk publishing arm um and um yeah going to print it's it's, it's sort of had a comics i think overall have had quite a lull and now coming back to the fore again in terms of print comics i think for, for a short while it went very much comicsology and and online and that kind of thing um and i think definitely coming to print is becoming a bit more popular again in terms of anthology and that kind of off the shelf kind of comic you want to buy yeah 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 it seems like there's sort of ebb and flow of comics they become something good there's always there's always a comic scene no matter how big or small and i think like we've seen it more now because um you know people want to switch off a bit more from from the t- uh, mm. tablets and phones, I wonder, literally just read something yeah. in the hands. I think the production of it has become, in terms of the, the internet doing some good for once, the, the the network capability of people getting in touch with other creators and stuff like that. And and I know someone who can do this. Oh, actually, I know someone who can publish this. Well, I've got someone who could, who's going to know someone who can print. And that bringing that team together about, you know, a creative team together i think via the internet in the last sort of five or six years has become a lot easier um which is yeah again sort of helped the industry a little bit so also something about having the tangible thing in your hand like we yeah. we, we get um we get a lot of previews for like comic books and so actually 2008 sort of they, they send us well they can send us stuff but trying to get people to review these things when they're not physical copies isn't it impossible because yeah. people want this physical copy so yeah. you go oh do you want a comic book review yeah 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 i do well here's the pdf oh it don't want a pdf want the physical <laughs> thing and then it's so hard to get people it's like we can give you all these comic books that you can that sort of yeah well, yeah 
want the thing, not the. Do you want the digital version? Yeah. <laughs> no, you definitely want tangible, tangible thing. I'll, I'll freely admit, yeah. I'll, if you give me a PDF of comic, I'm unlikely to read yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's just <laughs> it's like really I'm, the yeah. I'm the same with books. I like, uh, you know, I have to have the book, even though I listen to most of my books now on Audible. Um, I have yeah. to have the physical copy of that book that I'm... Oh, I'm different with books purely because I, I had to be. I can't fit any more books anywhere in my house. So <laughs> Kindle is my life because it, it sits in my handbag for reading on the station and when I'm stuck at the doctors and all my books are on my Kindle and it's my go-to library whenever, yeah, yeah. you know, at all times. So, yeah, I'm definitely but Kindle. Reader. How do you get the book signed when it's on your Kindle? That's the thing. So I have to be very fussy. So I, if, if, like... Um, there's certain artists or, 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 or um, writers that I will purchase definitely and, and comic books I will definitely purchase like Andy Diggle's coming to the show this year and I'm genuinely a fan oh, nice. so I've got stuff that, that I definitely want to get signed um, and same with Tank Girl and Brian Bolland last year I collect the, you know there's specific things I will collect and I will physically buy copies of so I can get signed uh, but yeah 90% of it's going to be on the yeah because yeah, I remember I had, I had some uh, Tank Girl books Oh, yeah. Comic books that I kind of forwarded onto you for one of the uh, competitions you were running at Lawless or Lawgiver. Many, many, many. Okay, then. We've had a few times. <laughs> Did you not remembering. <laughs> no, I, I had some review copies uh, like I did, I did for the Geek Pride and thought, well, yeah. I'm not going to read them again. And you need some uh, raffle prizes. There you go. Fabulous. I was going to say, well, but we've been we've been going for about eleven years now, haven't we? It feels yeah. like we've only been going for a couple, but yeah, we've been going for about oh, eleven no. years. Oh no, it goes now. way too quickly, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so when do you start planning Lawless? What's what's like? Is do you give yourself a break, or is it like? Of... I do have a break, yeah. No, I okay. do have a break. I tend to shut down sort of August, you know, after the show. Uh, there's usually a sort of runoff time after the show. So sort of um, June kind of time is kind of runoff follow-up time when getting messages from people. And then July, August, September, I tend to switch off a little bit and tune out. Um, and then, yeah, October, we start we start running up again. So October, I'll start asking around for guest ideas and who do people want to see at the show next year. Um, I'll put a few early emails out to see who's interested. And then kind of December time, I finalise the guest list and I'll have a specific list of definitely early, even if it's just a halfway early, definite yeses. Um, And then I'll do some early promotion of, okay, tickets go on sale on these. These are the early guest list. This is the date of the show kind of thing. Um, And some early sort of pre-Christmas promotion. Um, And then tickets go on sale end of January usually. And away we go again. So That's incredibly organised. Yeah, sounds, sounds like a lot I'm of stress. Annoyingly organized. <laughs> it's, I, I would love, I, you know, part of me, like, you know, my ADHD brain would kind of go, I'd love to do something like that, but I know it would just stress me out so bad, so bad. I'm, yeah, I'm annoyingly habitually organized. Like, I'd like to know what I'm doing or when, I, even on anything, like my evenings are that organized because I like to, um, Mondays I will do this and. Oh, no. Oh, she clicked the button. She's gone. Oh, no. She'll do this and she will disappear. <laughs> she will do this, but dunk. I am organized. Boom. <laughs> gone. Gone. Okay. Well, Go as on. you already gathered, um, listeners, we've had a slight technical issue where Sue Hedgel has decided to be so organized she's disconnected. <laughs> um, really sorry. 
we'll just keep chatting away between ourselves. Anyway, but yeah, Lawless, like I was there back in 2014 for the lawgiver when it's done. And oh. hello, it's back. Hello, sorry. <laughs> yeah, did you just, I, did I you... hit my mouse back. I was waving my arm. And I hit my mouse and closed my browser. <laughs> I thought that might be the case. <laughs> I'm being far too. I'm so organized. Click. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm really, really organized. Bye, everyone. <laughs> that was, you could not have planned that if you tried. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I suck. But yeah, I'm really organised. I'm also really absent-minded, which is the reason I'm really organised, because I can't even remember, you know, what I was, why I messaged you yesterday. So there's definitely a difference between my organisation and my general absent-mindedness. <laughs> so that's why I have Andy, who looks after everything for me. <laughs> Te- technical support. Yes. Andy's definitely tech support and Sue support. <laughs> here, stand here, turn that way, go. Okay, then. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you mentioned that you work nine to five and like you got your own kind of life outside of that. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of manage organizing? Uh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, uh, do, do you have to kind of take time off from work to kind of just, just busy focus on sorting log uh, lawless? Um, I, I don't know how. I don't know really because. I kind of I don't know I, I suppose I get bored easily so I like switching from one thing to the next so I I I, pra- I play drums so I practice my drums Ooh, in the evening awesome. so um yeah normally I'll come home and I'll make dinner and I'll practice my drums and that's my kind of zen time and then I'm like okay because uh I, I've got some lawless stuff I need to do tonight let's get cracking on that and get that out of the way okay that's that's done for another week or so I can probably ignore that for another week and then tomorrow evening cool I, I've done that last night okay I can revise for the exam I've got in May that I'm working on because I'm doing a diploma in my insurance qualification so I've got to work on that tonight instead or oh, you work I've got to finish a st- short story for submission because there's a submission call that I want to apply for so I'll do that instead tonight because last night I managed to do this and get that out of the way so you work in yeah. insurance. You work in insurance, do Because I used to work. I do, in, yeah. I used to work for Aviva uh, back in, back in the day uh, and stuff for uh, eight years. I think I was there for. What'd you do? I was fraud. I was fraud manager and uh, for in Manchester for um, like six. I think it was. I was there. I was a regular claims hunter for a couple of years, and I was fraud manager for cool. like six years before redundancy. So you know exactly. You know exactly where to hide the money, then basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, I, I went from I know, that. I know where to come to you. Yeah, so I went from that, and then I went into the legal side of insurance, and now I'm the tech side of the legal side of insurance. So I sort of, uh, yeah. So insurance hasn't left me for the last when did I? I Two thousand. The amount of random people that I meet that are either drummers or insurance related in this industry is really weird. It's, like, yeah. it's quite surreal the amount of people who just work in insurance or they're drummers. It's quite yeah. strange. Yeah, I, I, just remember, you... I, I just remember the the I was uh, I was working in like a, a company called like Henleys. They do sort of kind of uh, clothes. And in Manchester, I was working at, basically in a box factory. And my mate was like, do you want to work insurance? So I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I, I do. I did the usual thing of just kind of falling into it after university. And then I got a qualification and then they gave me a pay rise. So I got another qualification and I went to another job with another pay rise. And <laughs> I just I kept doing that basically. So yeah, have I sell commercial insurance now. Have you ever been tempted kind of like borrow resources? For when you've been planning uh, lawless, as in, as in, borrow like some like equipment or like so. Oh, there's a well, 
Okay, when I was working for full time, but still before I became a full uh, freelance journalist full time, I would regularly bother the uh, company's audio, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, conference management equipment to interview people during the lunch hour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They've had Huey Morgan. Um, from the, the Fundum Criminals, they've had uh, Mike Monroe from Hanoi Rocks. Amazing. And uh, one time, um, Dr. Hayes from the Circus of Horrors. Oh, wow, cool. <laughs> and just randomly, and I've had to make sure I rang them. Yeah. Not the other way around, because perhaps thought that suddenly they'd have a Huey Morgan asking for Peter Allison on the phone. <laughs> that would be a bit tricky to explain. No, I've not. Thankfully, I've managed to get away with not. Uh, I think the most I've done is borrowed flip charts. <laughs> <That's about laughs> um, but uh, no, we have a, we've got a tech team that sorts out all our tech on the on the day for us, which are, and they're a great bunch of guys and they they bend over backwards. So uh, I literally can. It's awesome. I can just leave them to it and they know exactly what to do and they get it sorted, which is fabulous. Um, yeah, no, I, I've uh, I don't. Uh, it, it's very separated. The job and the, the lawless life definitely are, are quite separated. I just the, the guys at work tend to know that I get to about May time and start looking a bit twitchy. <laughs> it's about mm. the most. I'm very tired. There's a lot going on in my head right now. Please don't give me complicated queries to deal with. <laughs> but other than that, no, it's uh, yeah, it doesn't really it doesn't really cross over too much. Oh, nice. I mean, um, do you ever ever been tempted? I, I grew up reading. Eagle and Tiger comics. Oh yeah. Do you mean? Uh, do you get any writers from those um, publications at all? I'll be honest. I am. I am not the encyclopedia of writers for different oh, okay. comics. So if I don't know the name, then probably not. Um, mm. I, I literally have just gone off people's recommendations and what who they want to see. Mm. Um, I don't know much about Eagle. Um, it's probably something that I should know more about and I can add to the list. So if you have people, you know, who've worked, I mean, we might already have people on the list. Yeah. And I just don't know about it in all fairness. Um, um, yeah, imagine, obviously this was like something, something somebody approached you about, in fact, rather than just like, you know, they wanted a dreadcon and said, okay, we'll do a dreadcon. I mean, did you kind of start doing research yourself and like, okay, well, I'd better start reading dread comics in UK comics? I did try. <laughs> I have I have a vague idea, you know, I, I do read dread and I yeah, and I, I do read comics in general, yes. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, it's not something I have. I don't know. I've I've definitely picked up my reading in the last couple of years or so. I've just I'm just plowing through all the Sin Cities at the moment, which are amazing. Oh, yeah. Um and as I said, I'm a big fan of the losers, I'm a big fan of of um uh tank girl what else have i just been reading um oh the boys i'm loving oh, yeah. the boys oh, okay, at the babe. moment and both the series and the comic books and invincible anything yeah. that's, that's, and so good. anything that's basically anything that's basically really violent and really funny i tend to i tend to like i i've discovered that yeah i've i don't much as i i love dread I, it's not something i seem to tick into very quickly so I tend to forget what the plots are or they don't stay in my head whereas generally yeah I I'm, think I'm quite fussy in terms of my specific requirements or what I like I've been reading Black Sad as well so I do like a good PI kind of um, 1950s kind have, of PI oh have you read um oh Granville no I have heard of that though yeah Granville. yeah by Brian Tyler yeah, it's been the past, well, it's been a five-issue graphic novel series, and it's, yeah, it's no, se no separate issue, it's purely a graphic novel. 
each cool. in the box. There's five. Of them. I can't. Yeah, that's the other thing is I collect graphic novels rather than comics because I haven't got the space for comics. So yeah. I have to be fussy and be like, okay, this is I want this. <laughs> and this is basically Rupert the Bear meets Quentin Tarantino by way oh, wow. of what? By, what? <laughs> Quint, it's basically. I need uh, this in my life. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes meets Rupert the Bear meets Quentin Tarantino. Cool. That sounds like my up my street. Right. So you got like a, you got, like animal uh, like uh, anthropomorphic animals like the people with animal heads essentially. Yeah. Uh, with like, and it's all about the detective called um, LeBrock, detective LeBrock of Scotland Yard, who is basically a solid muscle badger. Yeah. And. He basically goes to the town that was formerly known as City, that was formerly known as Paris, is now known as Granville, where he solves crime there. And it's is being what's kind of a sort of um, Sherlock Holmes archetype, but with heavy weaponry. Cool. Yeah. Bloody heavy weaponry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really good. And then it's like beautifully done. Really, really done. Really beautifully done today. I'll have a look at that. Yeah, so no, I, yeah, no, I, I definitely sort of lean towards that kind of genre and and kind of weird stuff as well. That's why I liked Happy because it was just kind of weird and um, yeah, screwed up, which I kind of like. And that that tends to lean towards my when I read fiction, I tend to write, read a lot of kind of PI or uh, crime fiction or or weird horror kind of stuff. I really yeah. like. Yeah, because you also you've also uh, a writer as well, an author. Just just as if you've not got enough. <laughs> Where's the time go, man? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? I haven't. Yeah, because I've been doing this this coursework, I haven't done any writing in a while. But yeah, no, I've got a few. I had a, I've got one due out this week uh, this year actually. Um, I had a short story accepted in January. Oh, um, oh nice. Which, yeah, what's it, what's yeah. It's a Wild West horror that's due. There's a Kickstarter for it uh, due up in about June, July, I think. So, I'll be posting up on that. And then, uh, yeah, one of my stories is in that anthology. It's um, uh, Gunfight at the OK Corral. It was after Wild West short stories, horror stories. So, Awesome. Good. Can you tell us anything about it? Other than that, it's a Wild West short horror story, okay, essentially. Yeah, but, um, I didn't, yeah, but... Um... So, uh, it's, it's, it's as the result of me playing an awful lot of Red Dead Redemption. So, oh, uh, yeah. a gang of a gang of bandits get to go and uh, uh, decide that uh, they're going to go and guard a uh, a gold mine, whilst the, the gold miner needs needs some help guarding it in case of bandits come along to steal it. So the bandits go, "Oh, we can do that job for you." So they're on guard at this gold mine, and uh, things not going well inside the gold mine, and weird shit happens, and it all kicks off. That sounds awesome. So yeah, I'm quite pleased. That was a, that was a very last minute Christmas one that I've been working on, and then suddenly found the the submission call for it. And I was like, oh, I have something for this. Get this sent off. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, nice. And I mean, like, um, yeah, like combining Wild West and horror works surprisingly well. I found. If, yeah. If you look at like yeah, the, if you look at something like the, like the that werewolf the apocalypse wild wild west sort of werewolf game yeah it, yeah it's sort of it's a genre that really shouldn't work well together but they do incredibly well i think it it can quite easily turn cheesy though and that's where you have yeah. to you have to keep the grittiness of it you have to keep that bone tomahawkness of it of just that real there's you get a wound then you're going to die of it quite badly unless you get a very skilled surgeon helping you or something like that there's you, there's definitely in like an element of 
you're out in the sticks there's no one else to help you there's just you and your gang or you and a campfire and what the, you know what the hell is going on in the dark kind of I like about it so you do have to keep the grittiness I think with wild western horror yeah because I mean um what was it called um uh that robot wild west story uh, Westworld. Yes. did that remarkably well it kind of combined like a sci-fi horror with wild west tropes and yeah yeah, it's really good. Well, what? the first the first season was really good. Yeah, the yeah, first season was really good. Second one sort of kind of was like, okay, I, I like this. I didn't watch the third one. Uh, after the second one, I was yeah. like, ah, it's just going to... I think I got us. a bit lost in the third one. I was a bit like, what are we doing again? Yeah, I think the first one was amazing. I kind of wish they'd just stopped there. Second one was good, but it kind of got a bit sort of out there. And I then I was like... There's definitely a call for standalone story series. Yeah. Like yeah. beginning, middle and end in a series, end of story, go, yeah, find yeah. another... Find another genre kind of thing um, yeah i mean that's why i liked orphan black and um ultraviolet no i've not seen all of that i i remember watching started watching it a long time ago and i haven't gone back to it but yeah i, I, it, I heard it's very very good yeah really really good and that actually has an ending what's the like, same with person it's like picard does really having three seasons and stuff they're not going to milk that too much they're just gonna that's the, this is the most this is the last season um what else is um there's another one that's literally just its third. Oh yeah, Ted Lasso, which is on, which I, I you know, it's really that's I, not I, on any of my streaming services, so I'm not watching that. But I've heard yeah. everyone's absolutely loving it because you know it's I so have, just awesome. It is, it really is. And I was just thinking it last night. Like I have zero interest in football, but it's just like proper, just like super nice and wholesome and he's such a swell guy and it's all like very feel- and it makes a change from, it makes a change from the world is ending we yeah. have to save it before the universe dies yeah it has a <laughs> it has a bit of an edge to it you know he's got sort of you know there's some things with him and his ex-wife and sort of he's got sort of like um sort of underlying some sort of um would say mental issues because it's sort of but he's got sort of anxiety and he has panic attacks and things like that but it's like it's like it's just like all like the lessons you learn from him being just a nice guy like he refuses to be a, a dickhead to like this other coach and he's just sort of in general just really nice and it's just like oh i like this it's just it's just really feel good and i, I, I like that yeah i like a bit of feel good so i was watching um, that last night and just going oh it's only for another season it's only on for another season but i can i think it gets to a point where you, you get it if it, if it goes on for too long, it just sort of takes away from it, and it's yeah. good just to know when it's going to end. I'm plowing through Boston Legal quite happily at the moment, and uh, mm-hmm. highly recommend, because that is just the bromance between uh, William Shatner and... Um, ah! Name escapes me. The other guy. Alan Shaw is the character's name, and I've forgotten the actor's oh, sure. name. Sorry. But the bromance between them is absolutely stunning, uh, and the whole show is just... Yeah, it's a good law show in general. Like, I like watching all the law stuff because I'm a nerd like that. But uh, yeah, it's a Better Call Saul. Like Better Call Saul. Sorry? Better Call Saul. Have you watched it? Not seen that. No, I've not seen that. I Better only Because I wasn't really a Breaking Bad fan. I watched a few, I watched the first season of Breaking Bad and it was a bit too depressing for me. So I kind of quit early on that yeah. one. Better Call Saul's good. Like, I, again, I watched these both late. But Breaking Bad, I didn't watch until it had finished. And then I sort of kind of went and binged it all and went, okay, that was better than I thought it was going to be and quite enjoyed it. Better Call Saul, obviously, um, is like obviously about Saul Goodman slash um, Jimmy. Um, oh, what's a what's a second? Uh, McGill, McGill, Jimmy McGill is his real name in the uh, in the series, but uh, it's it's really good, and it's six seasons, and it it goes really quickly, but it's just sort of like his awesome. sort of yeah. It, it's not wholesome. It's his like journey. it's. Mm-hmm. 
it's definitely not wholesome, but it's like it's basically you, you, it's got this sort of weird sort of angle to it because you're it, rooting for the character. Yeah, but it's not. He's like he's not a good guy. I think he has he means well, but he can't help himself. And I think there's the whole there's there's lots of sort of kind of threads throughout that about you know he sort of you can tell he means well, but he's a bit of a shitbag and he can't help himself. So he he loves his brother and he tries his best, but his brother doesn't have a lot of respect for him because he is a bit of a shitbag and he's trying his best to make get him out of this. Yeah. But all he wants to do is be this sort of you know you know gotcha solicitor who wants to you know just make a bit of money and sort of you know. It's, it's it's odd but it's like you root mm. for him but then he starts to progress to the point where he ceases to be that likable character and becomes okay. a bit more of a you know you're just like yeah you're not sure if you like him and stuff and it's really good just the way it gets it all, and it sort of it does this thing where there's black and white scenes which is stuff that happened after um, better after Breaking Bad, and then there's the coloured ones which happened before, and it's sort of like it has a sort of whole sort of. It starts off where it's like it has these small things where it's the black and white stuff about what happens after um, Breaking Bad, but then it starts getting more and more as time goes on, as the timelines start to merge, and it's, it's yeah, really, really good, really good, um, yeah, really awesome. good, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what you got planned for the next Lawless? Can, what can you tell us? What, this year's one? Yeah. Uh, what can we got? Uh, Dave Gibbons is our big guest of honour this year, so very pleased to have him along. Yeah. Uh, Mick coming as well, so the <clears> pair of them should be able to give us some good stories and bits and pieces. Um, I've just finished putting together the uh, the initial panel listings for the two days, so that should be announced soon of what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to keep it secret for now because... Yeah, there's some cool stuff. There's some cool stuff coming up. I'm waiting for it to go to design, and then once it goes to design, it goes to print. We're getting a full printed program again this year. So the other cool thing about last year's show is we had our um, Lawless has been officially created as a comic book character. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, because of all the things, obviously we're not allowed to use Dread as a character or anything like that, or any of the imagery. And I think I was like, ah, screw it, we'll have our own then. So Lawless is officially a comic book character now and has his own story. Um, so he's going to be in a comic again this year for the program. It'll be a, a short comic. And program. you are in it as well, as I understand. I am. I'm kind of the sidekick. So yeah, just literally looking at me with my giant boots and my skinny jeans and my hat and yeah, wondering, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have looking to show a little this. bit lost behind him. I'm going to have to show this on screen because there's obviously a picture of you with uh, like your your arms spread wide with your uh, your lawless t-shirt on. Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was, when I first saw that, oh, that was amazing. Some of the art that's come out of this, it's been amazing. Yeah. Um, and just seeing what people have put put together. So again, kudos to the seventy seven because they're the guys that came up with Steve Bull and his crew have just been absolutely stunning. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the program is going to be this year because I don't know what the plot of the comic is going to be this year or anything. Yeah. So that's going to be really exciting. Uh, we've got the Steve Dillon exhibit exhibition, so that's going to be a big big draw as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing what that's going to bring and seeing what uh, what the family is going to be uh, be showing and stuff like that. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm trying to think what we're doing this year. We got the Tom okay. Bowler. Because yeah, um, Steve Dillon works with Garth Ennis a lot, doesn't he? Say again. Does, uh, Steve Dillon works with Garth Ennis a lot, doesn't he? Am I right? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we couldn't get Garth to the show this year um, purely because I think it just it 
he was in the area but was had too much else going on and just couldn't fit us in basically as well yeah, as visiting yeah. his family and hanging out with them and everything so yeah he was he was on the list to be asked we did have a bit of a gym wag um, but it was just too much for him to, to fit in sadly so he couldn't make it this year but it would have been good year. next yeah, year something. um he also worked with um uh, uh, jamie hewlett and uh, oh. I, <laughs> and I was just like hmm. Come on, Jamie, just randomly show up to my show just to see those <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> so I'm a little bit of a fan. <laughs> um, so we got the big tombola, which we always do every year, and that's we're raising money this year for the Samaritans. So they're our chosen charity. So we're going to be doing uh, oh yeah, I'll learn that's actually one of the things on the, the program this year is we're going to be doing our draw-off. Um, so we'll get three four or five, three or four artists uh, in front of an audience. The audience will shout out some subject matters that the artists are going to be drawing or flip charts and they'll vote on the winners and then all the drawings will be raffled off at the end of the panel uh, at the end of the hour and uh, we raise a ton of money for the Samaritans and that sort of things as well and you get some very unusual drawings and fun sketches from our artists which is always good fun uh, a couple of years ago we had uh, Jock doing some fantastic stuff at what really point good. in the convention does this take place and how much alcohol has been drunk uh it's not too bad. It's usually so. This usually goes on at about four or five o'clock, I think. Oh, so right, okay. You get a couple of pints have been consumed by that point because everyone's had lunch at that point. But uh, <laughs> <coughs> yeah, no, it it doesn't. The, the drinking doesn't generally start until uh, it all closes down and everyone heads to the bar. We lock everything up and it's like to the bar. <laughs> so and then we get to see yeah everyone's hangovers on the Sunday, which is going to be fun. <laughs> um, what else we got? We got yeah, the big tombolas raising money for the Samaritans. Um, we've done our Noble Bolt Award, so that's been announced as well this year. So um, Bolt 01, Dave Evans, uh, was a, a guy who passed away a couple of years ago, and Colin Noble as well, uh, another chap who, who passed away, both very big in the comic community in their own rights. And um, both uh, David had been to the show a couple of times. We had met a few times. Colin was one of these chaps who'd always wanted to come to the show and just could never make it for whatever reason. He just, he didn't have the um, the funds or, you know, just the, or the health capacity to do it. And off the back of that, I wanted to do something to sort of honor their memories. So we created the Noble Bolt One Award, which is essentially we will pay, Lawless will pay for um, one guest, one person to come to the show will sort their accommodation and their transport and their ticket to come to the show. So if you've got someone that you want, he's always wanted to come to the show who's never been able to make it before, then we'll pay for their travel accommodation and ticket for the show to make it to the show. So Tim Boxall was our choice this year, who's been recommended by four or five people, a few people um, voted, you know, nominated him. So everyone sort of drops me an email with a nomination of someone they want to make it. And I, I go through the emails and decide from there. And Tim had uh, a few nominations. So we decided to get him along this year. So be good to meet him he's very big within the community does a lot of charity work down south and he's got multiple sclerosis so he does oh, a lot wow. of charity stuff on that side of things so yeah it's gonna be good to meet him i'm really pleased that we're getting him along this year and does like having it over two days change the dynamics of how you do the panels and everything no it was it was literally duplicating everything that's why i was really pleased with it so it was very scary the first time we did it last year it was a little bit stressful because we've not done it before but um no it ran really really smoothly it was really nice we literally the the, the sunday's a shorter day uh it's we we, we the last panel's at three o'clock because obviously all the artists want to get off and get traveling home or, or some of them are staying another night to be honest and most of them just want to get to the bar again by that point <laughs> um so the sunday's a slightly shorter day but it's still jam-packed it's still a good opportunity to see everyone it's still it's a quieter day so there's still there's a much better opportunity there's not so many queues and stuff and the, the panels aren't quite so crowded um but you still get a really good chance to listen to some great talkers and listen to some you know some amazing stories so yeah, we just literally duplicate it over the second day, which is lovely. 
Yeah, I remember the first time that Dead Skin was at Sci-Fi Weekend, and they had a comics panel at the thing first first thing Saturday morning. Oh yeah. And no one showed. No, none of the <laughs> um, panelists showed up because they were still hungover. Yeah. I remember when was it? Um, Boo Cook and and uh, Bisley did a whole band thing, didn't they, at the Sci-Fi the, Weekend? I think we they're still to. doing it. Are they still doing it? Yeah. It's like I remember we went there and they were just like randomly jamming on stage that made no, it was no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but they had a right laugh doing it. Yeah, I think another time as well, um, they were just having a right laugh, just kind of making random noises to, the pa- to each other on a panel, which was just bizarrely amusing or amusingly <laughs> bizarre, whichever. And yeah, I mean, as that, as that, how would you kind of keep your panellists on track? They, they are legendary for being very kind of independent personalities an amazing team of volunteers who do that so <laughs> okay. very good job at so so um yeah we've got a few panelist um moderators that come and do that the interviews and the panels and they're extremely good at what they do um i couldn't couldn't run the show without them to be honest they're absolutely fabulous um and yeah no they they, they know their subject matter and they know who they've got in front of them and they're just as enthusiastic about it as the audience which is lovely so um yeah that the way to do that is to get people who are very I, i'm definitely an organizer i'm not an interviewer that's not my i've discovered recently that's not my forte at all it's to sit up there and go so how are you oh, yeah because yeah, i mean not- you, you came with some great um panels to discuss like you know, i remember i i was interviewing the artists uh from 2003 about the architecture of mega city one yeah and i find that was like that actually like I first thought, what? Then I, thought, then I started digging down a bit more and looking at all the different artists' interpretations. That's, actually, cool, that's a yeah. lot to unpack. I might, do you know what? I might actually go back to some of the really early lawgivers and just nick all their panels and do them again. Again, it's it's very crowdfunded. So so I do shout out to the community and say, you know, this is our guest list. Who do you want to see talking to each other? And what do you want to see them talking about? So, you know, we've got a whole bunch of guys who who are, are talking, you know, who are rogue trooper artists and creators. So we've got to get them together to do something. Um, and we've got um, Battle Action's just been relaunched by Rebellion. And we've got a bunch yeah. of creators who's working on that. So, yeah, we should definitely get them chatting about something. So a lot of it's crowdsourced. Just like, who do you want talking? What do you want to hear them talking about? What do you find interesting? And that's how we put it together. Nice. Well, that's the famous audience led in a way, just kind of you, you're speaking to the audience, you're engaging with them, and they're feeding back to you about what they're wanting. Okay, then fair enough. Yeah, makes my life easier. Like, yeah. Okay, then we'll stick that in. I can do that. <laughs> I do like that. The the kind of community participation is what makes the show. It's what makes it work because we're you know I'm, I'm providing something to the audience that they want to see. Okay, and sorry, Matt. No, no, carry on. No, I was. <laughs> I I was just going to say, um, you know, uh, we're we're verging on our an hour in a bit, and we were going to go into our our final sort of section, our pop quiz that we have at the end of uh, our our podcast now. If you're oh, uh, cool. if you're if you're up for it, so basically, um, before any of our guests go, we subject them to a nerdy mm-hmm. um, sort of. 20, 20 questions 20 questions sort of thing so basically okay the, the concept i'm not is, good at thinking on my feet i'll yeah. say this now i'm not an improviser so what, this is basically all we need from you and we'll we all we'll all do one so basically you need to think of a, a franchise that you're into that maybe it will will be able to sort of maybe be able to guess 
a person from. You think of a character, you tell she so tells the franchise, you think of the character, we have to guess who that character is. So for like Star Wars, oh, right, okay. sci-fi, Judge Dredd, something like that. Somebody we might actually know, don't do Pete, as he does. He either goes really, really easy or really, really obscure, and nobody knows what it is. So we need you to have a think about this. Just think of a character yeah. from a franchise. Let us know who the franchise is. Uh, and then we will ask you questions um, about who the character is, and you have to let us know. All right, so right. I can tell you the franchise. Oh, it makes it really obvious, and if I tell you, oh, damn it. Yeah, As yeah. someone good lined up, but if you if I tell you the franchise, you'll get it straight off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you need to tell us the franchise, <laughs> and then we will uh, we will guess it. So we, we can we can sort of, I'm not sure if, Pete, if you have one. Too I do have one. Okay, well, use this as an example. And I'll okay, well, it's... Lawless, I'm talking to Sue, so it's lawless, so it's going to have to be the Judge Dredd world. Okay, interesting. My Judge Dredd knowledge is a bit shaky, so we'll have to. Yeah. <laughs> well, Barty uh, should read Judge Dredd comics and shouldn't be. Yes, well, you know what? I, I, yeah. Okay, right. Are they, okay. Right, Are so they I, a judge? I'll, I'll, ask, I'll, yes. do, I'll do the intro. I'll do the intro, oh. then we'll do it. You know, Pete, you've been doing okay. this for years now. It's, you know how it works. I've got to do it first. Okay, so it's Judge Dredd. 60 seconds go okay are they a judge yes do they wear a helmet yes oh damn it <laughs> that was like my one thing uh have they been is it judge dread <laughs> is it judge dread no it's not judge dread <laughs> have you said that, have judges. they been have they been in the films yes um are they in the most recent film? No. So are they obviously uh okay. So they're in are they in the uh Sylvester it's Stallone Judge the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dread film? I think so, but frankly, as canonical as the Judge the um Sylvester Stallone film is, I would cut under in the nah. Does that makes any sense? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, God. Are they more senior than Judge Dredd? Yes. Oh, um... Are they an animal? No. Oh, okay. It's not Judge Fish. Then. Oh, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> uh, ba, 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 ba. Is he... Oh, God. What is his name? You can ask me a few more questions. It's it's it's, it's an older it's an older it's a guy. It's a, it's, it's a fella. Nope. Oh, it's not. It's a female, right? Oh, yeah, it's not the wrong. Female judge. It's more senior it's, than. Yeah, female judge that is more senior. Um. Uh, okay. Right. That's that's definitely sixty. That's more than sixty seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, more than sixty seconds. Greeks a bit of my judge knowledge. I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> e, uh, e, uh, yeah, don't know. So, if it's not Judge Anderson, I've no idea. <laughs> judge Hersing. Oh, for God's sakes! Yeah, Senior Judge Hersing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be something to me. <laughs> my, my, oh. my Judge Dead knowledge is very. Matt, much. I'm going to send you a lot of Judge Dread comics. I pray your forgiveness. Unfortunately, my Judge Dread knowledge is minimal and generally <sighs> it adheres to. Uh, the, the films and the odd comic I I, I read sort of now and again, but yeah, so yeah. Um, all right. Um, Sue, so 
Have you got anything for us? Have you got our franchise? Go on then. Yeah. Yeah, I'll call, I'll, I think it'll be fairly easy. Okay, what's the franchise? Okay. The franchise is Firefly. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. My Firefly knowledge. I should want, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make this admission here because everybody judges me for it. Never seen Firefly. Ever. <gasps> uh, I just. I, I don't. I'm Buffy. I just don't know if I'm a, I'm a Joss Whedon sort of You're guy. You're banned from my show. Yeah. Like, I've never. <laughs> I've never seen Firefly. I've never even, seen Buffy. It's not even Firefly uh, related. I, You're banned from my yeah, show. And I've just like, watched it immediately. <laughs> I've never sort of. I, I don't know why it is. It's just never been it's a thing lovely. for me. Yeah, it's never been a thing. It's so, lovely. so uh, yeah, Pete, I have I have zero knowledge about Firefly. So other than <sighs> so it's it's going to be completely that, up to that, you. That, okay, are you ready, Matt? Yep. Uh, Firefly, sixty seconds. Go. Are they a passenger of the of the Serenity? Passenger. Are, are they part of the crew or passengers? Can I do I have to say yes or no or like give further information? You, say, you, you can ask. You just say if he says if he's asked the question, is he a passenger or uh, one or the other? Is he a passenger or a crew? You can say passenger. Okay, crew. It's crew. It's the crew is the passenger. Okay, uh, male or female? Well, is it male? Male. male. Okay. Um, is it a pilot? No. Is it a hired gun? Yep. <laughs> is it? <laughs> he has is very they are very particular about the size of their gun. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know which one you mean. I was completely blanking on the They have a song after them. <laughs> yes. Oh what's the song that's named after them? Okay, so that's your minute. You've got one more question and then you've got a guess. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Oh, but I know him. He has a hat. He's very proud of his hat. He has a very nice hat. He has a very, very nice hat. And there's um, a, a, a statue of him, of him in a town. Jane. Jane Cobb. The man they call Jane. Jane. Yeah, Jane Cobb. That was it. Oh, I could not believe I blanked on that name. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty easy. <laughs> if it's crew and it's male, there's only like four options. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right, so my my things generally like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, um, uh, Game of Thrones, um, Star Trek to a point, um, what sort of Warhammer if you're into Warhammer, but uh, any of those take any 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 take any boxes for you? Are you a Star Wars? Do you like Star Wars at all? Do you like Game Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings? Star Wars out of out. What on the surface what, level, yes. What other so, things do you... Marvel? Up, I haven't Mar- kept up with anything really in, in like, the last... Uh, recently. Marvel? Um, again, same thing. I've, like... We saw Endgame. I think that was the last Marvel I actually watched was Endgame. Okay. Um, um, so, yeah, it's all... I'm a little bit out of touch with a lot of stuff. To be like honest, that. it's been a bit hit and miss this past... Yeah, I've not been... I won't, I won't do anything sort of new. Okay, so... Um, if you'd asked me about seven or eight years ago, I'd have been like, right, everything. But <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, it, has, it has slid a little bit. Let Life gets in the way. Okay. Uh, it does, but also I've not found it as, it hasn't captured my imagination as much as it yeah, used to. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I'll, I'll go for Marvel. And I'll, okay. it's okay. a relatively easy-ish one. Um, it's, 
time. Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll go. We'll go for Marvel, and I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll we'll. We'll do this one because just because it's sort of. Actually, no. That might give it away. Okay. So Marvel, sixty seconds. Go. Uh, okay, have... Marvel. Go. go on. <laughs> uh, they they had their own going... film. <laughs> Pete, you go. Go. Have they had their own film? Uh, they have yeah. had their own film. Okay. Are they human? They are human. Okay. Are they male uh, or female? Male. Are they part of the Avengers? No. No. Not Howard the Duck, is it? Not Howard the Duck. Just checking. Are they part of Guardians? They are not a part of the Guardians. Guardians is the one I know really well. <laughs> So, so, the, but they're they're not part. They are of a part of. A, they oh, are they're... a part of a group, but they're not a part of those two groups. Oh, not part of the Avengers, or so not part of the Avengers, or the Guardians. Okay. What's the other group? I don't know. I can't tell you. <laughs> I thought everyone was a member of the Avengers playing game. To be honest, wasn't there a whole army of people? Yeah. It was... <laughs> okay, you've got you've got a few seconds left. Start asking about pars and things like that and stuff. You know, maybe. Okay, there's your minutes. <laughs> do they have magical powers they do not well they don't have magical powers no okay do they have technology no not really do they fly they don't fly okay. i'll give you one question are they mutants they are not a mutant they don't have they're not a mutant <laughs> they are I'll get, okay, I'll give you a clue, and I'll try and not. Um, I'll try and not. Do so they suddenly get very big and then very small? They no, they're not. It's not <laughs> um, they don't have pars. It's not really technology. They have senses, heightened senses. Okay. Daredevil. Daredevil. There you go. There you go. Daredevil. Well done. Yeah. I was thinking of the films. Yeah, well, there's, there's obviously oh, the, he has oh. the, they have that old Daredevil film. But it's more yeah, the series. Yeah, the, seri- yeah. the series is obviously better, series. and obviously got the new series coming up potentially. Yeah, looking forward to that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I like, I did like Daredevil. That was good. Yeah, yeah, the series was awesome. Like especially with the Punisher, and it was absolutely amazing. Just like, yeah. like the raid, it was just the, the fight scenes yes. were just insane. I love the fact they did the one shot corridor scene oh, fight scene yes like, every, yeah. and they did it in the second season as well they did it again just in a different and it was uh, up the ante on it and it was oh, yeah, man, the one was yeah I loved it yeah yeah just and so they brought good. it back when he made an appearance in She-Hulk as well yeah oh did which, they which was really underrated I, I I really liked She-Hulk and I just don't know why people didn't get it didn't grasp it especially the There's, sort of fourth... I didn't make it I didn't make it past the first episode because there's only mu- there's only so much smarmy, aren't I clever that I can take? I'll be honest, it got on my nerves. <laughs> I don't. It was something. Yeah, it was just something I different. Think it was, yeah, like better than you. It's like yes, we know. Shut up. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it really got that the, the the smugness got on my nerves yeah, quite I, a lot. Yeah. I, I think I, you get I past that. I I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was good, and she's got like it's got a really good end into it and stuff. It's just sort of like you know, I thought. So it was a shame that thing. They're not doing it anymore, but there you go. It's what it is. But yes, okay. Thanks very much, uh, Sue. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, Thanks so for you've having got, me. It's been good to see you guys. You've got Lawless Comic Con. That's on the 27th and 28th of May uh, this year yep. at the uh, Doubletree Hilton Hotel in Bristol. And tickets are still on sale. Uh, so we've got 50. Yep. Your countdown says 53 days and 22 hours left. <laughs> I'm panicking soon. Oh ta- my god! My time to panic. So um, yeah, if you if you fancy some British comic um, convention uh, goodness, 
then please check it out. Uh, I'll put some links when I add this into uh, the the Gubbins through uh, Spotify and all the other stuff, some links and stuff for people. Um, but for tonight, I've been Matt Geary. With me has been Peter Ray Allison. Good night, everyone. And our guest, Sue Hadrill. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.